0: Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel Fuller. I would show anything. I'd show my hee-hee and my hoo-hoo oh, and my oh. ha ha. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Holly O'Connor. Hey, Daddy, you want to take this to the bench?
0: <laughs> and Scotty the Body. I am officially not only the grill daddy, but I'm a hot grill daddy. Oh, wow. This is the
2: Miguel and Holly Uncensored Podcast. Only from Hot 101.5, Tampa Bay's new hip music.
0: Hello. Hi. And welcome to the show, the big show. Yes. Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Holly, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Uh,
0: What'd you do this weekend?
1: Okay, so this weekend was a busy weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter got to bridge from Daisy Scouts to Brownie Scouts. Ah. I do not Love believe them. we're selling cookies.
0: No, I don't think. No cookies? Eh.
1: No, I don't believe so. Sorry. Eh,
0: yeah, and yeah. I miss Girl Scout cookie season you this did. year. It's usually
1: in January.
0: Yeah, I totally missed it. I don't know why. I, I, I mean, COVID. I you know why. <laughs> COVID times. COVID so hard to get them. Right. They weren't out, you know, doing the normal thing. And then I just missed. Oh, because I think that when you, I did log online to try to buy some, but you had to have like a specific troop number so that uh, money would go. And I didn't know any. And so by the time I like guess. thought about it, I was like, well, dang it.
1: Well, you <laughs> probably didn't it. have to.
0: No, you had to because they want the money to go to a specific right. troop.
1: Well, a lot of them use it as fundraising for just, activities that they do. Right, right. Which I year. thought was
0: smart for the yeah. Girl Scouts to make it that way. Um, and it also, it was just another way for me not to have cookies at my house. So, like, it probably was good. They should have had a list of all the, you know, the troop numbers. Right, you can just, like, just donate pick. to Whoop. different ones. And you don't know. I would have donated to all of them in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, But next year, I'll work on it. So, no cookies for Maya.
1: I don't think so, unless they wow, change wow. their mind or whatever. But mm. what I did get excited about, and Maya doesn't know this yet, and this is so... Appropriate because one of the uh troop, the like the leaders, was telling me that one of their activities in the summer is going to be an etiquette class. Oh, that's awesome! Like on one well, of these like yachts. I don't know if it's like you know the Starship, nice. whatever, or or well. if it's just something maybe down in Saint Pete. I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's going to be like they have a, a luncheon
2: Ooh. and they're going
1: to get taught like how to do everything, which is so perfect because about a month ago, um, my person and I took Maya out to Outback. Oh. Mm. They just- You know, want to go down under, down under, and Maya, and like I've told her this repeatedly, and I know how bad it is, but like, listen, Maya eats in front of the uh, in front of the TV most nights. Right, it's not my preference, but also like just the way that it shakes out. Oftentimes, she just eats in front of the couch on the t like with the TV on. And I hate it personally because I grew up where you had to eat at the table every night mm-hmm. and there was like a home cooked meal every night. And I'm just like, I make her something, but sometimes my dinner is not ready at the same time. It's just, it's a matter. whatever. I judge if you want to, that's yeah. okay. Um,
0: I'm judging Holly. A lot. No. Girl, none it, none of y'all are judging do. as hard
1: as I uh, judge myself. Exactly. Girl, yeah.
0: I'm at, I doubt that there are a lot of people listening or just in general who are like, Every single night we sit down as a family and we talk and I go around and ask how's everybody's day like when I hear those type of stories um I do Well, we used to. That's what we did growing up. Like, we always sat around the table. But, like, you had, like, two parents that, like, worked and, like, however that dynamic fleshed out. But I feel like for a lot of people that come from, like, a single-parent home, there just was no, like, most nights I was just making a a freaking bologna sandwich for myself because my mom and my grandmother were both working, so there was just no opportunity to do that sort of thing.
1: Right. So, it's just, anyway, that's not the point of the story. The point is, when we do have the occasional dinner at the table, and- Maya does not know how to use table manners. Mm. And I tell her, I'm like, you know, I can't let you go over someone's house Mm. like this. (laughs) Oh. It's embarrassing. Right. Because, like, she, and this is how she has been as a baby. She's always been a grazer. She's never ever Mm. been a like a person who enjoys sitting down for a full meal. Yeah. That's not how her body works. And that really screwed me up. I really have I still have to work on that Mm. because it's like. I don't know. Her her body doesn't digest food in that way. Like she's better off having five small meals mm. throughout the day or six or seven than like breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the occasional snack in between. Like that's not how her body works. I just right. it's not. And I mean it's been that way since babyhood. So um when she's at the table, she's, like, standing up. <laughs> like, sometimes she's, like, she never uses utensils. No, uh, this like, acrobatic girl that I have. And then she's, like, putting a foot up here. And I'm, like, get your feet off the
2: table! Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, Lordy.
1: Uh, so when we went to Outback on that fateful day, she's, like, got upset about something. She's laying on the bench and she's oh, whining. Girl. And then she, like... Broke the crayons that they give you as it, with the kids' meal, and there's now there's crayon dust everywhere, and she's got food all over, and I I like lost it a little bit. Oh yeah, I was like, you know, when I was young, I had an etiquette book, mm. and I knew which fork went with which meal, and it was a matter of pride that I could tell you where the butter knife went on a table and how you butter a roll, and she was like, Mom, that was the olden days.
0: Ah. Uh- She's like, did y'all even have electricity back then? <laughs> did y'all just eat it's by candlelight? A question that she mm. would have had. Were you on so, the Oregon Trail? Mm.
1: Right. Like, she's like, what is even that? And <laughs> so I, we literally just had this conversation like a month ago. When I found out through Girl Scouts they're gonna do some kind of a thing like that, I was like, this is a win.
2: Mm. This is an unintended win for
1: Girl Scouting. So that was a horrifically long story to say. We did a Girl Scout thing. Oh. Then uh, we hung out and did a pool day. Uh, my person's parents' house, and then um, Sunday I had sort of a mini three-ring circus because it was, like, church and grocery shopping day. But also in the afternoon, Maya was like, I'm bored, I'm bored. And I was like, I I can't today Mm. just entertain. So I invited a school friend over. She was bored, so that was fine. And then a neighbor kid from down the street, the one that I was like, we have a neighbor kid now, he shows up too. And then the three of them just did hide and seek and played on the swing the rest of the
0: afternoon. So that Mm. was a new and interesting thing. I love that. I, Cause I wonder sometimes when you talk about that and I've heard other parents, um, talk about just being around their kids. And I obviously with the past year we've had with the pandemic, it's been a little different. Um, I actually just listened to this podcast this past weekend where, Oh, it was the New York times where they had this number set up for parents to call in and sort of, like, a vent line. Which we've done similar things like this. But it went from, like, funny to just sad. Like, just some parents. There was this one mom who was, like, in her bathroom, and she had, like, three kids, and she had to quit working. Or, no, she was working from home, also teaching her kids, and she Uh. was, like, in the bathroom just in tears. And she was like, I never thought I would say this, but I almost hate my kids right now because they're, like, Everything keeps changing and it's just me and them and there's no one else. And I just, I don't want them here. And then you had some with like really funny stories and whatnot, but it was just, it was so interesting to hear how, because as a person without a kid, you can empathize, but then you never know until you're in that day to day. Right. And so like hearing the stories of like the mom who was like, you told me my kids were going back to school. Then two days before school, you reverse it and say, no, they're not. How the fuck am I supposed to find childcare in this time? Yeah. And then there was this woman. I think she summed it up perfectly on this event line. She was like, America hates working mothers. They hate women because there is nothing set up from the government to, like, help you in this situation we were in when it comes to childcare, when it comes to schooling. Mm. I mean, and I was like. I can 100% understand that if you were were sitting in that point cuz I remember you Holly having to figure out on a dime oh yeah how are you going to figure out this whole new way of schooling for your parent or for your kid and then your kid who's 7 or 6 at the time is yeah. like I have to sit in front of a computer all
1: day? She hated it. Right. And I don't I guess some kids are doing okay with it. I'm honestly the way Florida handled a lot of, you know, the pandemic In some ways, like, you know, horrible failure. But in other ways, like, I am so thankful that our kids got to go back to school. Right. Because it provided some normalcy. Right. I have friends up north who that was not the case. Mm. Uh, Someone that it had such one of my friends had such a hard time figuring out remote learning with the school system that she was just like, F this. I'm just going to homeschool. So she had to go on that adventure for a while. Um, it's just, and, and if you're choosing for like a, on purpose, not to have your kid in school for whatever reason, obviously that's your choice. I, I couldn't do that. Like I, not only did I not have the availability and the option to do it, I didn't want to
2: Mm.
1: period. It wasn't good for Maya because she, we would do virtual, like the Girl Scout stuff. We would do virtual Daisy meetings. After the first one, she's like, nope, never doing that again. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I was like, but as parents, like, we're trying to be like, you can do it. You can see your friends online. And it, it was an absolute no. She's like, I tried to say something. Nobody heard me. And then this person's talking. And I don't care. I don't. But I'm like, she's like, nope, not going to do it. And I was right. like, oh, OK. So I can't imagine what it, it if you're still like homeschooling virtually or whatever mm. and doing that learning process. I don't know. Right. I just don't know how you're doing it. Uh, and maybe you're at a point where you just have to. Mm. that could be the case too and and god bless you i couldn't do it because i the way my personality is is she needed to go back to school for her and i needed i need like that even if it's an hour or two in the middle of the day for me to switch gears
0: you need to everyone needs a moment to be able to decompress reset yes like nobody needs to be around anybody for that long. <laughs> like, it need you but need see, a second.
1: That That's what I think is toxic, is that it's not necessarily that, like, or maybe, I don't know about we hate women, but, like, women are sort of expected to do it all right. and mm-hmm. and put a smile on their face while doing it. Right. And that's the issue. We have made it almost impossible to talk about the fact that sometimes you do want to just not see your kid for a minute. Mm-hmm. But because then if you say that your people are like oh how could
2: you you chose her. Mm. like yes i did i chose right.
1: all of this i get that but that doesn't mean that i'm also not still a human being right and there's no room for that that's what i think the biggest problem is with um you know the weird world that we're living in post-pandemic is that you are expected to be the perfect mom and if you're gonna be in the workplace the perfect employee and the perfect this and the perfect, like you have to do all these things. And if you complain, like, why are you complaining about it?
0: Right. Right.
1: It just, it, it makes it really toxic.
0: Well, one of the things that I'm learning as I'm sort of digging more into just history and like how we as a society operate, it's just so many eye-opening, toxic thinkings that led us to this point in our country and like how we deal with those sort of situations like the fact that we don't have like paid maternity leave you know like what
1: is that that still blows my mind
0: and it is so damaging to women when you have to if you don't get paid time off and you've got to take vacation time off or go without getting paid I mean it's just like so many countries do it right. Now, granted, we do a lot of things right here, but then there are so many things that we just totally ignored because of the, the basis of our country and, like, the 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 foundation structure of it, of about, like, you know, it's supposed to be a man and the wife stays at home and you can cover everything with that one salary and you have two kids and a house and all that stuff. And it's just the more that I, I read and understand more about our country, it's like so many... Factors of it was set up for failure in the future. Like, it w- it could only get worse yeah. from where it was, and it was never going to be this, like, classic view of America where everything is just, like, peach and roses. And
1: it has. By the way, before I forget this point really quickly, to your point, um, you know that old phrase, it takes a village?
0: Yeah. We've yeah. all heard that, to mm-hmm. raise a kid,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, literally, that's what it meant. That's what it does mean to have children is that typically – even back in like, you know, the way, way, way back, you literally had a village. So mm-hmm. when you had children, yeah. you had other women that also had children right in your same area or um, like aunts or cousins or whatever that it was everyone helping mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's how like it, child care is sort of meant to happen. And and the way that you're describing is like we were sort of set up to fail. We're still going by that same old, like, you know, patriarchy of here's how it should be done. And this is like what's expected. But, you know, women in the workplace. Yay, that's good. But we still need it to happen the other way. Right. It's like women are now more isolated than ever. Mm-hmm. And thinking that they're supposed to be providing their entire life force. Everything. Everything. When in reality, you don't have the tools that they had back in the day. Because right. you where's the village?
0: Right. Right. I mean, and I remember growing up before uh, we moved to Denver when I was six, between like zero and and six, my mom lived in the same apartment complex with my um, grandmother. And we'd all lived there forever. Um, And so I remember at that age, like bouncing from my mom's house to my grandmother's house to um, there was like two of uh, my like what we call in a black girl, like my play aunties, mm. the the women that my we went to church with that were there since I like grew up and like I could pop into, you know, Auntie Carolyn's house or, you know, Dot's house. So there was always people making sure that we were okay, they were watching over us. But I just feel like we've so gotten a- away from that. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just really sad that so many women feel like they have to choose either their kids or having kids or their work because they feel like they're going to lose time, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if they take it off. Because, like, Holly, when you were had Maya, how much uh, maternity leave did you get? So
1: this was this was interesting. Um, at the company that we used to work for, which was like a mom and pop radio station, they had that one cluster in Panama City. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they had the other cluster in Dothan anymore. No. So it was just this one. No one had been pregnant. No one? Nope. Oh. Right. And so, again, we get to, like, it's not really a woman's occupation at that point. Well, right. Yeah. Yeah, no one had been pregnant. So they literally had to build their maternity structure as I was there pregnant. Oh, And my I worked gosh. with our boss, who was a woman, and was really trying to, like, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul because there had been no um, format or, what's it called? Structure. Structure to look at.
2: Mm-hmm. Policy. so
1: policy so they um they decided that what they would do as a company is offer four weeks of paid time off and it could be extended to six weeks which is i i want to say six weeks is sort of what you hear as the the standard
0: i feel like that's now the low like that's that just doesn't seem like any time at all you blink it's and not. it's done. Th- that's sort of like the minimum wage. Like, here is the bare minimum. Yeah. Because I feel like now I hear most people doing at least 12, at least 12 yeah, weeks.
1: Yeah, that. Hmm. So, anyway, they gave me four <laughs> weeks. Oh. And then they said if I wanted, I could take six weeks. But those extra two weeks had to come from my vacation time. That's crazy. So I was like, yeah, I need, I need that. Yes. Uh, so I got six weeks, which at the time I felt like this is a win. Because mm. in some other place, like, it's not guaranteed in the United States. Like, they don't have to give you any. So I was like, well, at least I'm getting something. Right. And then it ended up, remember, I ended up in the hospital with mm. uh, MRSA from mm-hmm. mastitis that was a mess and that hit right at my like at my six week point in the middle of the six week point when I was supposed to go back to work that next week mm-hmm. I was in the hospital because of a complication from pregnancy and breastfeeding
0: mm-hmm.
1: like these things happen your body is just not ready
0: no because a life right yeah. and now it's trying to feed a life
1: and it, my body was like you said you want to do what
0: <laughs> you think you're gonna wake up at three o'clock in the morning you guess wrong
1: so then I was in the hospital and I ended up actually being out of work for seven weeks because I was in the hospital. And I was like, am I going to get paid for this week? And our boss was like, yeah, just, just don't write it down. Just don't. Just, mm. just pretend right. you at work. I'm yeah, like, okay. Right. Yeah, it was rough. And it is rough. And I see the women in our company now, they give you 12 weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know if they give you 12 weeks, but they do something and they work with you. And every woman in our company now, a different company that I've seen, has been out for three full months. Yeah, And I'm always... So both so glad for them, and just sad and regretful for myself mm. at the same time.
2: Right, right. What is supposed to happen with the kid though after that? Like, I mean, because the kid's not old enough to do anything.
1: No, oh, it's a lump. Like, like the entire first twelve weeks of a child's life is basically what people call the the fourth trimester, because they're they are unable to do anything outside like they don't even really interact with you if they do Mm. it's like an accident (laughs) so it's like if they could be in the womb for that extra 12 weeks they would because they still need that like complete caretaking uh nurturingness and they call it the fourth trimester then when the kid gets to about four months old then and any parent will tell you this you'll start to see like like they sort of come alive Mm. like they notice who you are and they like they can interact with you. They're doing things. They're doing funny stuff. They're like trying to grab things and they drop, and you're like, "Look at my
0: kid!" Oh, we'll look but at up it.
1: until then, it's just a blob. So yeah, when you have to go back to work, you either you got to figure something out,
2: right?
1: You either got to find a daycare that takes complete infants and be okay with that. Yeah, it seems or scary as hell. I was very lucky in this moment uh, to have my mom because she moved in, yeah. and so that was just a plan. My mom's gonna just be home with Maya. But, you know, what did end up happening, you know, we're going to talk about this today. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm overtaking everything. No.
0: We had nothing on the schedule today.
1: What ended up happening is because my mom loves babies so much and was so just over the moon to be a grandmother. What ended up happening as I was trying to navigate being a new mom and like reconciling that with who I was as a person. And it was very difficult for me. Um, so my mom and she does this sort of takes over everything, Mm -hmm. not just the, the, you know, I'm, I'm a caretaker for this child. Suddenly she was the primary caretaker for this child because our job is weird. Like, right. So our job isn't like a normal nine to five. Our job is you're going to have to go out to like a club on the weekend, or you might have to go do teacher of the week or Mm -hmm. whatever. So we would be gone at weird times and I was like, you know, trying my best to get back into it and everything. And what I noticed by about Christmas time that year, let's see, September, October, November, December, that was about four months. So into January and February of the next year. So about the six month point, it was obvious to me that like, it seemed like my mom was who Maya would search out. Mm. And then somebody said to me, we're at the company Christmas party. This is all coming back. Somebody was, I was, like, explaining, you know, timidly this concern. I was like, ha it kind of seems like, you know, Maya likes my mom more than me, which is huge. I, yeah, it, just a, um, it did seem like that. Um, And the person I was talking to was, like, joking with me, but was like, well, you know, that's why you got to have more than one kid, obviously. <laughs> like, so the second one likes you. And I was like, I just. Oh. I died in that moment a little like,
0: bit. Well, let me just go shut myself in the bathroom.
1: It was, that was truly a terrifying thought because I was like, I just, what? What? Is this for real? Mm. Someone else, by the way, told me, because I was really on the fence about having another child or not. And this is a fun other thing. Someone, some other human told me. Um, I was like, I just don't know. I, I'm I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I don't know if another one is right for me. Um, not that anything was wrong. Maya was a perfect baby actually
2: mm.
1: i could not have lucked out better like maya was a complete easy like very straightforward child
0: huh
1: but i was like i just don't know and this other mom reached out and she's like well not to be morbid but the reason that you have more than one kid is like what happens if one dies
0: oh what the hell and then i was okay, like okay i'm done can we just not?
1: So, y'all, it's before. stressful. Everyone
0: just shut it down. Stop and it. And I was
1: still trying to figure myself out. I'm all in the middle of this. And it's just then like pumping and like breastfeeding in the building. It was just, y'all, it's a lot of, um. it's a very, very traumatic life experience.
0: Yeah, no, I can't watch. Like I said, I've said before, watching you go through that pretty much made me be like, well, I know that I don't think I'm going to have children. But,
1: you know, the thing is that it makes me sad, because I don't think my story is common, so know that. Like, I don't think that my experience is the norm. I think that my experience was rare, mm-hmm. and I was not prepared, mm-hmm. and I I had a really a crossroads of not great circumstances all coming together right at that moment. Mm-hmm. So I, it makes me sad that I, like, put it off for you, because... It was a tough and challenging time. Right. Obviously, like my ship got kind of straightened out mm-hmm. and I figured myself out yeah. eventually. Um, but I, I I think most new moms don't go through that. Because otherwise, why why are they all having like two, three, four kids? Well, I mean They must not. Like I, they must not have been through that. And and so that makes me glad that it's so much better. For most other people. And I right. really cringe to myself right now, thinking Maya might ever listen to this podcast and be like, what my mom didn't my mom didn't care. No, I cared so much. Mm. And I wanted it to I wanted to be so great for her. I constantly felt like I was failing.
0: Mm. Well, and I feel like that is a lot of people that I know, sort of in my age group, that have had kids and that have gone through it, is that there's this expectation of how it was. And then there is the the reality of it, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like with our generation, what's happened for like the older millennials that have starting to have kids now um, or that have had kids in the past, probably like, you know, uh, five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. There was a comparison that was there that our parents didn't have because of social media. Mm. So like when our parents had kids, you like disappeared for a little bit and you didn't see your friends and they would call you be like, Hey girl, how's it going? I'll come over and help. And so there was a real exchange of experiences mm. as opposed to this curated what we yeah. think we see, and so now yeah, you see, perfect. oh, they got the photographer. Everything is perfect. Oh, smiling. God, that
1: was a whole other thing mm-hmm.
0: And so then <sighs> no one is actually saying this is what's really happening every day, day in and day out as I'm having my kid. Mm-hmm. You're only seeing the most curated, perfect moments. And so I think that's what's really, you know, effed it up for a lot of our generation when it comes to, feeling like they need to be perfect at every step of the way. And I'm like, girl, if you hear some of the stories my mom has told, my grandma my grandma from, like, the 50s and 60s when she had my uncles and aunts. Somebody fell out of a car. Like, oh, I know.
1: My cousin Lori fell. How, how common was falling out of a car? Apparently
0: that was, like, the thing that happened back then. That was, like, that was like a really for real possibility. Like, yes. what,
1: one out of five kids are falling out of cars? Right. And- like, what the hell? So, like. I don't know. And you know what else it is? For me specifically, I like I have PTSD about my mom because like in being in therapy now. Oh, do you remember? Was I talking about on the air last week of the podcast? I was like, well, I got my therapy session. I'm going to oh, cry yeah. today. Oh, yes. I uh-huh. did. A lot of uh. time. That's good. <laughs> anyway, so a little uh, full circle moment. But yeah, so I have like a lot of issues internally with my mom and then, like, trying to compare myself to what I thought she was. Mm. And I didn't know any of that when I had Maya Mm -hmm. or anything. So um, there was a lot. It was just I did it. Probably I did a lot of it to myself. Right. But that doesn't mean it wasn't real. Right. That's oh, true. absolutely.
0: You fit I mean that goes to so much with our generation and how we compare ourselves to other people through Instagram. And, you know, we talked about this countless times. Yes. But I feel like it always needs to be brought up because we look at it every day, all the time.
1: It's it's constantly in your face. It and is. you're seeing it. And you're right. I did see a lot of that because at that time too, 2013, mm-hmm. Instagram had just started popping. Mm-hmm. And all you saw were perf- was perfection.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How do you
1: live up to that? Right.
0: And even in other aspects of it, I was just reading this article on Vox about how uh, a lot of gay porn has moved over to Twitter. So watch how I'm going to relate giving birth to gay porn. I yeah. am Please excited do. for this. Let's see this. Ready for this? I'm in. So what they were saying is that, uh, so what happened is like back in the day, you just download it. And then um, you would go to like free sites, and then Tumblr was the place to go to look at adult material. I
1: remember you telling
0: me about. Oh dear! I was All like, porn on Tumblr? yes, Tumblr was like the place to go to get your adult material. And then Tumblr was like, we don't want any of that on our uh, platforms anymore, so they mm-hmm. took it off. So then I feel like everybody was like, sort of like a drift of like, where do you get your adult material from? And then stuff started popping up on Twitter. And so what's happened what the- is people have sort of like, you know, you have your Instagram and then your Finsta, uh, like a lot of kids.
1: Your fake Insta. Your fake Insta. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so that's happening on Twitter now. And so you have this whole, like, gay culture of, and I've noticed it over the past couple of years, people, mm-hmm. I've seen some listeners, actually, that we know Oh, that's that I've fun. run across their stuff under, like, a f- fake name, like, because, you know, it, everything's an, an uh, algorithm. So, like, if I happen to come across a thread of something that I'm like, okay, this is interesting adult material, I'll click on it, and then that person happens to be from Tampa. And oh. so then Twitter will be like, here are some other profiles similar to this. And so there have been a couple of times that I've run across some of our listeners. Is at- it their real account or their alt account? It's their alt account. Oh. And nice. so I'm like, oh, bitch. <laughs> I didn't know you got down like that. Girl, I don't see you out before at brunch, and we said, "Hey, we took pictures, and you bent over like, oh." But one of the, girl, it is see,
1: that's a lot. Like that's why I, I I just it's too much for me.
0: It is, but 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 the, <laughs> girl, it, it is a lot. Uh, a
1: lot. But
0: the the point of the the Twitter is is that a lot of people do it anonymously. Yeah, where they'll just be like, I sort of get off to people knowing that people are watching me.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a thing, voyeurism.
0: Absolutely, but what it got even deeper into is that. We start to compare ourselves and people that like there was this one guy who is like a really good looking, tall, fit white guy. And he was like, I, you know, his regular account is like Black Lives Matter. I love my my trans family. He's an activist. But then on his uh, his alt account, it's all just like. From the neck down, knowing that he's a good looking white guy, that that's going to get pushed further than if like me as sort of like a bigger black guy, um, you know, he would like he I think he said he he put up a video one time and woke up to like two or three thousand followers um, in one night Oh holy, because moly. his Twitter was so popular. But because it's like we push these sort of. Americanized standards of beauty, the things that we've always had. And so then we start to compare ourselves. So then the article talked about like black guys that look like me or Hispanic guys that were like my sort of self-worth went down because I was like, oh, well, this guy was doing these exciting things. Let me do this, too.
1: And it didn't have the traction. And it didn't
0: have it didn't yeah. have the, the traction. And so then they're like, "Well, I just must look like a piece of shit because like nobody wants to see all of my crazy shenanigans in the bedroom." And so it's just the internet sometimes is like the best, but it's also the worst. Yeah, uh, because like who would have ever thought that that would be a consequence of putting you know your adult material on it? Is that people would start to feel bad about you know what they look like. Because and they're I'm comparing sure that, themselves to other people. And
1: I'm sure, by the way, that that wasn't the goal of that man.
0: No, not at all. Not at all. Right. But he sees it and he's like, yeah, I sort of use knowing that, like, and I think his screen name was something like that, where it was like Tall White Jock or something like that, where he was like... I know it's probably not the best, but like it got me my followers. And, but now what they're talking about is once you get to this point where one of them had like 180,000 followers, like what do you do with that then? Because yeah. it's all your naked ass online. What are you? Yeah. Are
1: you like turning it into money somehow? Right. Are you selling something?
0: Point. Well, and that's what they're trying to figure out now. And some of them have turned to OnlyFans and they're making oh. money from that. Yeah. So it's go. just, there is, I'm, so curious how our generation, how is this OnlyFans, you know, Twitter, the uh, amateur por- pornography, how is that going to affect us, our sexuality, our sex lives when we're in our like 50s and 60s? Like, I don't know. I can't. I don't know
1: either, but obviously, you know, it's just nature and this is how life works. We're seeing right now, we're in the swing into this, right? right. So we're into, like, Molly Johnson, normal old person who's got an OnlyFans and is, like, you know, literally out. Like, her ovaries are out for all to see. And everyone's like, okay, yay, that's great, get it. And, like, she's – I don't know what the ramifications are for, like, a a professional workplace and also having that. I don't know. But we're in the swing into that right now. Right. What I know for sure is – is that eventually there's going to be a swing back the other way Mm. because life is cyclical like that right and i saw it just today when i glanced up at fox 13 during one of our breaks and they were like jeans are making a comeback after a year of nobody wearing jeans because everybody's been at home wearing their leggings and their sweatpants." Mm. jeans are making a comeback i'm like damn it by the way i'm wearing jeans today like i Jeans are not my favorite thing, but I think after a while of people not having them, and then now you can see retailers are starting to sell more jeans because we went without for a while. Someone else said we're going to see the, the the comeback of the mall eventually.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm. Things are cyclical. So, yes, maybe we're getting, like, super sexual and, like, all this stuff with OnlyFans and all this. I don't know what it means. I don't know what the swing back looks like, but in some capacity, it's going to swing back the other way.
0: Right. And I think that there, there are, you're going to see over the next year cuz Holly you're 39, right? Mhm. So you starting I think with you like January 1, you begin the first a uh, year of millennials turning 40. And because I was reading an article about this the other day and how... This is
1: why I say I'm an elder millennial. mm -hmm. I mean, technically, it doesn't go back any further than 81.
0: Yeah, like you are like literally January 1... you the first set of millennials turned 40. Y'all
1: are rang in the new year and I'm ranging in the new millennial. Exactly. generation.
0: I love it. And so this article was talking about, you know, all of the the stumbles that we've had to endure during this time and how has it affected our uh, birth rates and, and home buying and stuff like that. So I feel like over the next 2 years, you're going to see a lot of reporting about the state of millennials in How we grew up is how it's affecting us later on in life and how we make adult decisions and how, you know, normally about this time, Holly, you would have had three kids and, you know, I would have been married a long time ago and bought a house and had kids and all this stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see the analyses that they do of our generation over the next year. And
1: can I just say, I hope that they finally, at some point, they, the overarching they, can stop assuming that we are, like, the self-entitled, self-indulgent, lazy generation. Right. Like, we're wearing mittens in the backseat of our parents' cars right now. (laughs) We're about to be 40. Like, you're confused about who this generation is. Right. That's Gen Z now. Yes, that's Gen Z now. And Scott's not even, like, Scott's on the cusp of not even being in Gen Z. You're so old.
0: I'm the old Gen Z, yeah. Very, like, end of, I guess, millennial, beginning of Gen Z. Well, that the, the, the
1: cusp, the, like, that's how I feel. That's why a lot of people in my very specific micro generation are called Xennials, mm. X-E-N-N-I-L-A-S, Xennials, oh. because it's like partly Gen X, partly millennial. We're this like four year time span of Zenial. Mm. It's a very weird place to be. Even you, I don't even know if you're in- included in that, Miguel, because it was like, we literally saw the complete shift. Right. Like when I was a little kid, you know, we had, I had, my dad had an Atari, not even an old school, like we didn't get an old school Nintendo till I was eight. So we had an Atari, mm. which is a very much a Gen X type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we had these things that were still trickling out of Gen X, but we were also the first to like jump online and do stuff with the internet and have cell phones. Although we didn't have them as early as you did. Like right. we were later. So it's a, it's a weird, weird thing.
0: Um, Scott, what year are you born? 96. 96? Yeah. All October right. of 96. Uh, Let's see. What are the six generations? All right. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, Generation X, born 65 to 1980. Mm. Zennials, 77 to 83.
1: You see, I told you. It's a small thing, mm-hmm. and I'm considered in the Zennials. Yeah. Although... I- that's so obscure. I mostly just tell people I'm an elder millennial.
0: Right, <laughs> That's right. It's easier. Yeah. Uh, and then millennials, eighty-one to ninety-six.
1: They overlap there.
0: Generation Z, or um. Oh, Gen Z. Yeah. Sorry, I just had a total brain fart. My brain just like I felt
1: like your brain left your body. <laughs> it literally,
0: like, I was looking. You should have seen face. your face. <laughs> like, I feel like my mind just exploded in that moment. I was like. Are we on this planet? Uh, <laughs> we might not be. Are we floating right now? Maybe. We are, right actually, yeah. Uh, Gen Z, born 97 or after. Uh, and then Generation Alpha, born 2010 or after. That's my... 2010. Yeah, ah. 2010 or after. Wow, that's weird. So
1: yeah. you actually are technically the young, young, youngest millennial. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. Like I am on that weird, cuspy area where you're like, I have millennial traits, but I right. have Gen, you'll say you'll have Gen Z traits.
0: Kind of. But it's like if it starts at 97, like I'm literally two months away from 97. Just, That's ah, what I'm saying. Ah, whatever. It's
1: weird to be in between generations because mm-hmm. you embody things from both of them. And you're not in a very clear, like I feel like Miguel is in like a very clear.
0: Oh yeah, I'm a millennial through and through. And through
1: But yeah. I have some, that Zenial Gen Z Traits that trickle through where I get, I tend to be sometimes like a loner a little bit. And Mm. I would say Gen X, uh, Gen X with the latchkey kids and everything was like they just had to raise themselves and it was the damn Wild West and it was the rap pack with like, you know, Emilio Estevez was raising them basically. (laughs) That's who that was. So I have a couple of those little things, but for the most part, I came up, you know, being a millennial. So,
0: And Holly, uh, Zennials, born 77 83, and this is from Considerable.com. Mm. Um, squeezed in next was a micro generation of Zennials born in the late 70s, early 80s, also known as the Oregon Trail generation. Yes. Zennials had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. That's why it's a weird, Brit- like, my, my little crew of people, we grew up, with videotapes mm-hmm. and, like they said, analog. And then we had to literally learn everything as it was going. Right. And then by the time we were teenagers and adults, we had transferred over to digital. There was It was very seamless. We were the first generation to do that.
0: And then uh, millennials, the older segment of the demographic, are well into adulthood. Millennials are also called Generation Y for following Generation X. And as the children of boomers, they're sometimes called Echo Boomers. Um, and then Generation Z, born 97 or after, uh, or sometimes referred to as iGen, which regularly starts with people born in 97. Wow. So, yeah, I always find stuff like that so fascinating the like characteristics of generations and like how they move throughout time and how it changes and how it affects how they basically take over society. And, yeah. you know, like now that we're turning 40, Give it another probably 10 years before you'll see a millennial uh, president. But that'll be really fascinating to see when we start taking over from the boomers. Someone that's in Generation our age. X. Exactly. When, gener- when Generation X and the uh, millennials, when we start... Governing—it's going to be really fascinating to see how that how that starts.
1: I, I agree. I I find myself on generational TikTok a lot, mm. or it finds me per right. my algorithm. <laughs> but like I'm usually on where it's like millennials, or it's like Gen Z says this, and then millennials have to say this back. And mm-hmm. I just find myself in there a lot, or a dude that'll like list all those um like Scott's qualities as a millennial are way different than Miguel's qualities and mine, but we all do sort of have, like, a couple of similar core values right. as millennials in that way. It's weird.
0: So fascinating. All right, we got to go. Scott, what's all of your information? That's Scott Tavlin, S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N. Holly. Radio Holly on TikTok, Twitter,
1: and Instagram. And can I just say the best part of this podcast was Miguel relating gay porn to childbirth. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, You're can- welcome for that, people.
0: I might have say, I don't know if we can label the podcast that, but... Probably now That would be awkward. No, uh, I don't
1: even know what to label this damn podcast. That's fine.
0: The everything. Uh, Miguel Fuller, M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those fun places. And if you want some Miguel and Holly stickers, just shoot me an email with your address, Miguel, at hot1015tampabay.com. And please leave us a rating and a review, five stars. We really appreciate it. And if you don't. We'll find you <laughs> Yikes. until next week. Bye. Catch up, catch, up, catch, up. catch up with the
1: previous episodes of the Miguel and Holly Uncensored podcast from Hot 101.5.
0: Just hit up the Hot
1: 101.5 app, Spotify and Apple podcasts. Search
2: Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Uncensored.